Welcome to the Wahma Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Rahma Podcast. I am your host Ali Qaisar today. Alhamdulillah today our guest speaker is Mufti Abdullah Ijaz. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mu'an Ali. How are you oh. doing Mufti? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm doing well. So Mutsa, mashallah, um, he graduated from the famous Islamic Institute in South Africa uh, called Azadville. Then Mutsa pursued his education and he did his ifta course from Darul Ifta Mahmoudiyah. And on top of that, uh, Mutsa has a master's in Islamic finance. So mashallah, Mutsa has a lot there. Alhamdulillah. Even on top of that, <laughs> maybe next to it, <laughs> or underneath it. But Alhamdulillah, in Darul Ifta. Uh, we had the opportunity to study under world-renowned uh, ulama and scholars such as Mufti Ibrahim Desai, Mufti Hussein Katodia, Dawud Barakatuhuma. Alhamdulillah, you know these are uh, gems, and these two teachers of ours are, uh, you know, scholars that are known worldwide for their expertise in different different fields. Mufti Ibrahim is almost like a household name. You know, especially in the Western countries and USA, UK, um, and Alhamdulillah, Mufti Hussein as well. Especially in the academic realm, in the intellectual realm, um, any serious student of knowledge, any serious alim, has come across, you know, Mufti Hussein and his uh, contribution to the different works in uh, Islamic literature. So Alhamdulillah, we have the we had the good fortune to studying uh, studying under them, under them for about two years. Uh, Mufti Ibrahim also does a course on Islamic finance in the IFTA. So we study various books, Mufti Taqi Osmani. We study contracts, we edit them, revise them, and we deal with a lot of uh, you know real uh, real time business cases, business disputes, and of that nature. So Alhamdulillah. We had the experience, or so to say, you know, to experience that firsthand. Mm. Alhamdulillah. Anyways, today our topic is zakat. Since our <coughs> followers requested that um, we should discuss about zakat, mm -hmm. so I thought you're the perfect man today um, because you have a master's in Islamic, fin Islamic finance too. Mm -hmm. So let's get started. So Mutsab, our first question is, before we even get into the details of zakat, what is the importance of zakat? Mm -hmm. So... The importance of zakat cannot be understated, cannot be undermined. It is the third pillar of our deen. Rasulullah says, Bunil Islam ala khamsin, Shahadati Allah ilaha illallah, wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah, wa yaqam al sara, wa ita al zakat ila akhir hadith. Right? So, the most uh, fundamental aspect of our being mu'mineen, which is belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then belief in Rasulullah as a messenger. Establishment of salah right after that is giving of zakah. So, when we think about priorities and when we think about things that are important to us in life in regard to our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is right up there. Right? This is uh, uh, right up there with what we consider the most important thing in our life, or rather, what we should consider the most important thing, which is salah five times a day. Alhamdulillah. We see ourselves, we see those around us, and we try to instill this concern, you know, of the five times salah. 
within ourselves, our family, our children. So the zakah should also not be taken lightly. We see that it may not be on our tongues and minds so much because it's only once a year. But in fact, the entire year uh, should be spent in preparation for this obligation of zakah, for this fulfillment of zakah. And, <coughs> you know, we always try to uh, train our mindset and to change the way we approach salah, for example, where we're told time and again by the khutaba and the scholars and the, you know, the speakers at our masjid and events, you know, salah is not a burden. Salah should not be taken as something which, oh man, I have to do and, you know, we drag ourselves out of bed or drag ourselves out of work. But we approach salah with this love and with this mahabba, with this thirst, right, with this joy. As Rasulullah said that qurratu aini fi salah right the pleasure uh, or the coolness of my eyes lies in salah meaning it's very it's very very joyful for a muslim and zakah likewise should not be treated like a penalty or like a tax right even to say the word tax is something which is foreign to the institution of zakah zakah is simply put a test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see if we will return the trust that is put in our possession. If I come to you and I say, here is my phone. And then I come a year later and I say, can you please give me my phone back? You're going to give it back to me. As a normal person with good values and a good moral compass, you're going to give the phone back. right? You may give me a hard time about it. Man, you just left it with me for a year. What do it look like to you? A storage room? right? But eventually you give it back. So likewise, Allah has given us this wealth not because it's ours. It belongs to the fuqara. It belongs to the masakeen. However, Allah is putting it in our trust to see that after a year, are you going to still remember that? Or are you going to remember that it's not yours and it's actually theirs? Or have you forgotten? So it's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, you know, it's one of the most important things in our lives. Uh, Muthab, you mentioned that um, we, sh we should prepare ourselves to, to give zakat. When are we supposed to give zakat? What is the timing to give zakat? So the zakat should be given once a year. Um, and normally there is no fixed time in the year uh, that we've learned from our scholars that you have to give zakat at this point in time in the year. Uh, we see a trend in our society, um, which is not necessarily wrong. But people like to give zakat uh, during Ramadan. Um, it's easier. There's a lot of organizations, a lot of uh, uh, relief uh, networks that in Ramadan, they come to the masajid, they set up their booths and stalls, and they facilitate. Uh, and they make it easier for the community to discharge of their zakat. So Ramadan is usually when we give it. Uh, but it's, it's not fixed to be uh, given in that point of the year. It could be any time once a year. Uh, it is makru and it is reprehensible and disliked to delay the zakah for more than a year. And keep in mind that when we say a year, we are of course talking about the Islamic year. So according to the lunar calendar. So if we set uh, September 1st, then we need to keep in mind that the upcoming year is not going to be September 1st. If it is, 
It's not that big of an issue, but like I mentioned, it is makru to delay it for more than a year. So you should rather keep an Islamic date. Uh, Muharram 1st, Ramadan 1st, uh, Ramadan 20th, 21st, whatever the case may be. But an Islamic date where we will inshallah abide you know, within the uh, commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be discharging zakah once a year, we still fall under that limit and not above that limit. Um, as far as, as I mentioned, when to give it, it's not fixed at any point. But the starting point should be when a person reaches the nisab. So say someone who has never given zakah before. Uh, perhaps someone who was going to high school and now college and now he's gotten a job and he's making his own money. So his zakah date will be when he earns the first paycheck and now he is above the nisab and he is sahib nisab, a person who owns the quantum of giving zakah. Uh, he should set that as his first date. That I, for example, I have 1500 in my bank account. I am Sahib bin Yisab now. So January 1st, I'm going to give my zakah. Or Muharram 20th or whatever. So what is this Nisab? Like is there a percentage? How much is the percentage? How much are we supposed to give? So the Nisab refers to an amount that if a person owns, he will be considered eligible or rather... Uh, he will be considered someone who is now obligated to give zakah. So the nisab amount differs uh, according to uh, gold and silver. The gold amount roughly and approximately, if you do U.S. dollars, is about, um, it fluctuates, so 300 to 400 dollars, sometimes 500. So anywhere in that range. And the gold nisab is up to 5,000 and in increasing now because as the gold price is increasing the the nisab is increasing and in grams for anyone who wants to keep themselves up to date uh, the gold would be 87 point uh, some grams I believe 87.72 or something of that nature and silver is 612.5.6 something of that nature not too sure about the decimals but 87 plus, 612 plus for silver, 87 for gold. So you would just Google that, for example, one way of doing it, and see what is the rate today, and then s see how much it, it equates to in US dollars, and that would be the nisab amount. So you have the silver nisab amount, you have the gold nisab amount. High school student, he makes money, right? So does he still have to go online and search for the nisab for the gold and silver nisab, or can there be like a fixed amount? Uh, for example, if you make, if you have three hundred dollars, more than three hundred dollars for a year, you just have to give zakat. This is a common question too. People mm -hmm. ask. I mean, usually it doesn't fluctuate too much. You know, it's someone who just wants to keep themselves updated on the exact amount. Otherwise, it's not necessary. It's not super necessary to, <coughs> you know, know it's. Three hundred and fifty-six dollars and fifty-eight cents, or whatever. It's just there, you know, to kind of give you an idea. So if you look, for example, if you search it up now, a month from now, it could be ten cents less, five cents more, right? But that doesn't make too big of a difference to you or to me, right? It's essentially the same amount. You can round it up. Um, but it's for for someone to get an idea of where it's at, right? You can go to any website, Islamic website that has a zakat section on it you can go to uh, for example 
you know, for U.S. ICNA relief, uh, helping hands, they have the Zakat Nisab. You can go to Jamiyat uh, Ulama, uh, their website based in South Africa, and they have the Nisab amount, gold and silver. Oh, uh, you're saying they have the calculated on the. They website. have it calculated, yeah. yeah, and it actually updates daily. So I think like that's the best way for a person to find out yeah. when to give zakat. <coughs> uh, our next question is that, for example, there's a person and he hasn't given zakat, but he, he but he's sahib in Islam. He hasn't given zakat for a, for years. You can say so. Mm -hmm. So, for example, for this year he decided, <coughs> okay, let me give zakat. Mm -hmm. So does he have to make zakat for his previous years, or what does he have to do? Gee, he has to make up for the zakat that he did not give that he did not give in the previous years. Uh, for example, a person is missing salah, right? And I mean, we can uh, analyze zakah uh, on salah because again, we're looking at two faridahs, right? So when you miss salah, uh, a person is not praying. He has been praying for years. Now he decides, uh, you know, he changes his life and he wants to start praying again. He starts to pray from the salah that's obligated for him from that day onwards. But he has to make an attempt to make up those salat as well. It will be known as qada umri, right? That someone who's missed an extensive amount of salat for years, it's not that he's uh, uh, forgiven, you know, in this dunya. As long as he's alive, he should try to make it up. But in the akhirah, you know, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-ghafur al-rahim, it's really up, it's up to him, you know, uh, to accept the tawbah of the individual or not. So likewise with the zakah. So as long as the person is alive, you know, he has to make an attempt to make up the previous uh, amounts that he missed, the previous years that he missed zakah. He has to make it up. Um, if he, of course, he does tawbah, he asks Allah to forgive him, but he doesn't just think to himself that that obligation is now uh, not on his shoulders anymore. Mm -hmm. It's still there. When he passes away, then, بينه وبين Allah, you know, between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever happened. So you're saying for example if he misses like five years of not giving zakat he has to make all that up right to give yes. zakat. Yes. I see. <coughs> now he can uh, you know split it up he can of course the sooner the better right but if he uh, it's, it's really up to him and how he can see or how he is able to calculate it. So maybe every two months he gives a portion or every year he gives zakat for two years right. Uh, but the sooner the better, of course. Okay. So these days, um, <coughs> people give zakat online, right? Like Islamic Relief, USA, and there's so many other websites, right? Mm -hmm. And they give it, they have their own system. So is that allowed to give zakat online? To give zakat online is permissible, hence the reason why these websites exist in the first place. Um, you know, they obviously went through vetting by ulama and got the approval of few ulama. So it is permissible in theory, it is permissible uh, you know, by its nature. It does not, or rather it's not the best way of discharging the zakah. Zakah should be given by one's own self uh, to the mustahiq or the, the needy person himself, to the poor person himself. So he should go find, locate and give it to the person who needs. So this builds the relationship between the person giving the zakah and the person receiving the zakah as well. Uh, because as we learn from the Sunnah of Rasulullah that it's not about, there's no mention of 
taking zakah, right? A lot of, uh, we've seen these websites or even masajid, they have these zakah distribution, you know, committees set up. And what happens is people have to come to the masjid and people have to uh, write out a form, you know, and give very intricate details at times, you know, social security and uh, how much you get for food stamps and this and that. And sometimes it's a very stringent process which takes away the honor, takes away the izzat of these individuals. So whenever we hear, it's always giving zakah. It's ita'u zakah, it's giving of zakah. Which means that those, you know, all of us that have to give zakah, we need to go find the individuals, keep their respect and their izzah and give it to them. So with the website and the masjid, of course they're facilitating it for us, but as an individual, we should think to ourselves, how can I do my part in trying to discharge this obligation to in the best manner possible? When we pray salah, for example, you know, again, the comparison will always be there. Salah, we should make the best wudu, wear nice clean clothes, come and pray with khushu and khudu. So the khushu, khudu, proper wudu and everything for zakah is keeping the ihtiram and the respect and the izzah of the poor person. You see, Musab, you know, <coughs> most of these websites, right, when you go in and when you put in your details and when you're about to give zakat, they cut off a small price, right, which they take from your zakat, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, your zakat is, for example, I'll give you like $1,000, right? So they say that, okay, we're going to take $100, right, and $900 is your zakat, right? We're going to take $100 per hour fee. Is that allowed? Again, in theory and in principle, yes. Because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, dictates the different groups of people that zakah can be given to and those that can take zakah, one of them is وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلَيْهَا Those who are the amil. Now the amil is an individual whose sole job is to collect zakah from those who need to give it and distribute it to those who are eligible to receive it so his salary so to say or his compensation and wage is made up of zakah is made up of the zakah um, so in an ideal situation in an ideal uh, government or state yes they would be allowed to right so applying the same principle and the same theory it is permissible um, but we can't comment as to the back end, how they do it, and do they really need it, so on and so forth. Wallahu alam. But uh, in theory, it is permissible. Muftab, um, who are the needy? Right? Is there a category for that? Can you please explain? Right, because when yes. we say needy, that's <coughs> really like general, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, in the Quran, there's an ayat where there, there are eight categories. So yes. can you go over them really quick? Yes. So Allah mentioned in the Quran, "Inna lil wal masakin," and usually when we discuss needy people they fall under one of these two المساكين, the categories continue عليها, which is the people working uh, in the distribution and collection of zakah those whose hearts are inclined towards Islam um, and interpreted uh, now as those who are new Muslims so giving zakah to them it refers to slaves, it refers to those who are in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and these are not really discussed nowadays. Uh, and when we talk about the needy, it boils down to the first two, fuqara and masakin. 
and the only difference between a faqir and a miskin is that they're both poor, they're both needy, but one of them, uh, the miskin, a person with miskin doesn't ask. He doesn't tell people that he's needy. He doesn't ask for the money. And the faqir, because of desperation, he does ask people, which is not wrong. Um, so essentially, in regards to their nature and who they are, it's the same thing. Um, there may be there is another definition, uh, which is that a faqir or a, a faqir is someone who is well below the poverty line, and a miskin is someone who's borderline, who's there, who's struggling support. basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, as far as uh, who is considered a faqir or a miskin is simply put someone who is not sahib in nisab so there is a quantum there is a uh, there is an amount as we mentioned the gold amount the silver amount so anyone who does not possess that amount is considered a faqir or a miskin and thus eligible and mustahiq to receive the hmm. Musab, um, our next question is is that how do we calculate zakat on mortgages and on our debit and on our credit? Mm-hmm. Right? Is there zakat in our cars, right, on our assets? So how do we calculate zakat? Mm-hmm. So it's a, that's a very, very broad question. So let's boil down to uh, some basic principles. Uh, the first is zakat is an obligation on all of our wealth that has the potential to grow this is the definition of the wealth that is uh, on which zakat is uh, needed to discharge on so wealth that has a potential to grow so any uh, wealth that we have in our bank accounts right um, gold silver jewelry uh, so on and so forth however wealth that does not have the potential to grow will not be considered uh, something uh, you will not calculate zakat on it so for example cars if we own a car that's a depreciating asset there is no zakat on cars no matter how many cars you own there's no zakat on houses no matter how many houses you own the only time the only time zakat zakat will become uh, needed to give on these assets is if you have the intention to sell them is if you bought them with the intention intention of reselling. So someone bought, someone has a house, he buys another house with this intention that I'm going to sell it, I'm going to make money on it. Uh, if But if he buys it in his ownership and he's renting it, there is no zakat on the house itself. There's only zakat on the profit and the rent that he makes from the house. So that's like any money that he's accruing, it goes into his bank account, he pays zakat on that. Um, mm. Cars, he buys a car, if he's renting it out, you pay on the rental amount, not on the entire amount of the car itself. A person has 10 cars, he's using all of them for his, you know, pleasure. He's driving every, you know, a new one every day. Um, probably not the best thing to do, <laughs> but ultimately... If you have no money myself, then it's the best thing to do, man. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, ultimately, there's no zakat on these assets. Now, as far as mortgages, car payments, assets, all of that, well, the way it's set up in the way we live our lives is everything has a monthly amount. So your credit card, your credit card, you pay it at the end of the month or once a month. You, your mortgage, you pay once a month. Your car payment, you pay once a month. Your insurance, you pay once a month. 
So at the end of the year, uh, you you cannot calculate any more expenses out, and nothing can be considered a debt at that point. Whatever you have in the bank account, you you give zakat on it. So if you have hundred thousand, two point five percent, you pay two thousand five hundred dollars on the hundred thousand. Uh, a lot of people think that <coughs> well, a mortgage is considered a debt, right? You can you cannot calculate if you have a thirty-year mortgage. You can't calculate. Okay, my house is five hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna calculate that into my yearly uh, into my zakat. I don't have to give zakat anymore. That's not that's incorrect. This is a debt which is you have to take it year by year. But since it's getting deducted every month anyway, then there's no such thing as calculating for the entire year after that. Um, the second thing is there may be some expenses. For example, if someone is giving their zakah on uh, Muharram first, right? And he knows that for this, in the next week or the month after, I have to give my taxes for 2018. I have to give my land tax or my house tax for 2018, for the previous year, right? That, those are amounts he can deduct. Those are amounts he can deduct because those are debts which he has to pay. He can pay them now, right? So let's just say, for example, January 30th, that's when he's giving, taking out his zakah, right? And uh, when he's taking out his zakah, he has 100,000. Um, but at that point, he can deduct the taxes he has to pay. Because taxes you can pay any time from January, right? You, but you can delay it till April or whatever. April Even 15th. April 15th, yeah. right? Um, unless you file an extension, then it goes to <laughs> whatever, October yeah. or September, right? <laughs> so you, that's something you can deduct because that is a debt. And that's something on you right away. If you can, you are, you, you are able to pay that. January 15th, you can pay it if you want to. Even land taxes, you can pay it if you want to. Right? So these are debts that you can calculate. But other than that, a 25-year mortgage, a 5-6 year loan on your car. Right? We're not talking about if these loans are even permissible in the first place. Right, mm -hmm. we don't want to touch that topic. Right, a whole different thing. <laughs> but uh, as far as calculating, uh, you cannot calculate the amount for the next five years, the next twenty-five years, thirty years. Uh, you can only calculate the amount for that year. And since it's already been deducted every month, it's already taken out. Then, so basically, the whatever you have in your bank account, right, yeah. the money you have, the money you own, mm -hmm. or uh, second, that which you can make money off of, like a real estate <coughs> agent, you'll flip houses. So of course there'll be zakat on that, right? Um, yes, but I mean, particular to that scenario, a real estate agent doesn't really own houses, right? He may, he's an agent to find houses and sell them. If you have a real estate agent who buys houses, right? Mm -hmm. Then yes, then there will be zakat. Yeah, but most real estate agents they just work for a company mm -hmm. that locates houses for clients and sells it to them. And then they take their percentage yeah. and so yeah. on. But if, so for example, if someone is a uh, if someone is a you know construction has a construction company or building company and he builds houses right so he's building 10 houses those 10 houses that are now for sale it's a got on all of them oh, it's a see, on all of these houses so he just has to sell it within a year so no zakat on them Jazakallah khair Mustafa for joining us our time is up actually yeah, we are over time but Jazakallah khair so um, apologies for, for making it lengthy yeah. <laughs> uh, zakah is something which gets very intricate you know there's a lot of lot of details um, hopefully inshallah 
the listeners will be able to benefit. Um, they mm. may be requests for a follow up. You know, Don't worry, I will get a follow up with you. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. again, a lot of details that need to be discussed. And yeah, again, yeah. as a guy, one of the most important things um, is mm. it's necessary that we know exactly how mm. to discharge it. So, Lazakallah khair for having us, uh, having me, um, and visiting our madrasa as well. I forgot to tell one thing to the listeners is that uh, when he came back to the States, um, he found Dalum Baltimore. Uh, mashallah, he's the principal of Dalum Baltimore too. You guys can uh, look at his uh, Darloom, his Islamic Institute. The website is called inkbaltimore.com. Over here, they have various uh, Islamic programs which are going really, really good, uh, mashallah. And you guys, if you guys have any questions about this topic, you guys can contact us at uh, rahmapodcast at gmail.com or follow us up on Facebook. Uh, same thing, which is called Rahma Podcast. This is your host signing off, Ali Qaisar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.